Whatever you got to do, some multiple spots. You, you all right. All right. We all back up in here. We running free like Bill Cosby. <laughs> oh, man. I, ain't, I did not plan to bring him up in this show. I'm sorry if I could. Landon mentioned him. I had to bring him. Don't, don't bring it on me. Don't bring it on me. <laughs> you brought him up, man. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Let me let me move on, man. This is this is the run of a war show, man. We don't we don't deal with we ain't dealing with Cosby right now, man. But maybe tomorrow you can hear me talk about him some. But uh today we talking about basketball up in here as we usually as we uh always do about this time. And, uh, you see around me we got Drew Stevens and Joshua M. Hicks, routine runners, of course, always down for the cause. And we got back uh, after his initial appearance last week with a, a much better operating camera, Mr. Landon Buford, making his second appearance on the show. Uh, appreciate having you back on, brother. No doubt. Thank you guys for having me back on. I said, I told you I was going to come back on. I wasn't lying. <laughs> yeah, you you man of your word, man. I, 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 I try to be. Yeah, I definitely, definitely uh, appreciate that, bro. What's that line by uh, Chameleon there? Um, you know, I, I, if I'm going to do what I um, say I'm going to do, even if it's a little bit late. Right. That's it. I'm, I'm with you on that, man. You can't always be on time. But, you know, as long as you come through in the end, you know, that's how it is. I definitely I, I identify with that. Chameleon there, you know, he, he making some money, too. So, you know, I definitely uh, – uh, I definitely will take some advice from him, except when it comes to trying to take a picture with Michael Jordan, apparently. I said he's not the only one. Young Jock's not a fan, apparently, either. Uh, <laughs> it might, Mike got that dividing line, man, because he, some brothers, he don't, he said he don't take pictures with, but I, I've seen him take some pictures with some other cats. You know where he, you know, he looked like he was all right. So you know, I don't know. I think he's a picture with Fat Joe that I remember seeing where he was like he was cheesing and everything. But you know, that's, that's what I guess it's a status thing. I guess it's a status thing. Yeah, you know, if, if you Michael Jordan, you definitely gonna be like a, a star effort in some way, even though you're the biggest star. You you kind of want to maintain the star status around you. You don't want to be like, you know. Young Jock, you know, he was hot at one time, but then when, you know, with the longevity there, you know, if you might, you know, it's just like, you, you know, <laughs> you ain't taking a picture with Young Jock in 2021, 20, 20, you know what I mean? So, I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't know, this, this got me thinking, this got me thinking. See, oh man, see, I, I'm already messing with the rundown of what you say, that? And so let's get to the topics at hand because you know this could go left real quick. <laughs> well, I'm saying I'm, I'm I'm tempted to go off my own topics now. <laughs> I made the rundown, and now I'm like, damn, I want to get into some of this other stuff now. But uh, we, we, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll try to get that in towards the end because we got to talk about the Scotty stuff, and um, you know, uh, apparently, apparently, I saw that 
Uh, Oakley's got a book coming out now, and Jordan's writing the forward to that. So I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I don't know if Oakley's going to be letting off shots, if he's going to be doing a media tour where he getting drunk and, and, and talking about people's stuff. Because, you know, Scotty, that's all Scotty been doing. Scotty been sipping that bourbon and been like, you know, he erases and he erases and well, I don't I, like this dude. You know, that's I, all Scotty been doing. I think Scotty's just looking for his, you know, his his respect. People been calling him, you know, a sidekick for um, almost damn near thirty years now, right? So I mean, you know, well, um, we, yeah, that's been his that's been his role. But we, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But I wanted to get uh, into right away. Uh, the stuff that we couldn't get to last week with you, Landon, because, um, you know, we I, I sort of couched this into the whole uh, coaching carousel thing that's been going on with the NBA. But, uh, you know, a lot, a lot, a large part of that has been based in Dallas where, you know, uh, you know you're located, Landon, and you got some uh, plug down there and, you know, you've been following the Mavericks for a while. It's been a wild offseason overall for the Mavericks. They lose they lose their longtime coach. They lose their longtime executive, Donnie Nelson. And uh, you know, Carlisle, of course, the coach, he winds up going to Indiana. And uh, you know, they wind up hiring Jason Kidd down there in Dallas. And they wind up hiring a guy named Nico Harrison, a Nike executive, mm-hmm. to be in the front office now. And uh that seems to be a a burgeoning uh, trend that's going on in the league, looking towards Nike and uh, places like that to get your executives. Now we've done that here in Chicago with uh, Mark Evansy. So, you know, straight, just overall, you know, where, where, where was that a couple weeks ago? The whispers were coming out in Dallas that there's this one guy in the, uh, let me get his name up in the, in the front office. Um, uh, I, f- I forget how to pronounce his last name, but you're about to pull it up. Yeah, but uh, he was in the, f- he in the front office. Let me, let me, I'll get his name up, but you know, uh, uh, Luca wasn't messing with him. That was the problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. Luca wasn't messing with him. So whispers were coming out like, man, is Luca going to dip on the on Dallas now? Because he's, he's not getting what he wants from the franchise and this and that, you know, like I said, a couple weeks passed. We got wholesale changes now. You know, uh, Dirk is coming back into the fold. It looks like too as a as a consultant and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to you know uh, work off of that connection between Dirk and Luca as well. And um, you know, this is a, a pretty much a brand new front office and coaching organization now with this team. So you know, I pass it off to you, Landon. Are the Mavericks in a better position now than they were two weeks ago? And you know, is is there are they going to be steady for the foreseeable future with these moves? Well, um, I guess I'll just come out and say it. Um, yeah, I think so. I think they're better positioned to grab uh, high level free agents that they weren't able to, you know, have access to the last ten years. A lot of people said it was, you know, Derek. You know, people didn't desire to play with the middle age. Um, uh, aging superstar in Dirk. I don't think that was necessarily true because you had Sean Marion and those guys come out here to win a championship with him. Rondo, um, you know, obviously they had um, uh, the Mavericks had a great relationship with uh, uh, 
uh, I forget who's Luca's agent, but basically he's the same agent for um, for Luca. He's very close with. He's got a relationship with Jason Kidd, so that that meshes obviously with the Nike uh, with Nico. I mean, Nico's very respected around the league, um, so there's the connection there with Jason Kidd as well. Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, somebody I spoke to recently said that you know um, if if Brooklyn decides to, I mean, Brooklyn wins the championship, you know, um, you know, Kevin Durant was actually um, went to college out in Austin. I mean, it wouldn't yeah. be far fetch to, you know, possibly, you know, go after him in Dallas. Nope. That's it. That's you know a way. That's you a forty foot jumper there, man. You know what I'm saying? So like, it, it, it it's just possible that, that they have a lot more flexibility now to go get some of these top flight free agents that they didn't have because. Carlisle and you know to some extent Donnie was in the uh the way so yes um more more Carlisle than than Donnie but yeah uh it's it's uh it looks like it might uh from what I'm hearing um from insiders um that I'm talking to that it's a better situation to actually uh pitch um starting this upcoming offseason to get uh players so you um, say you say that Carlisle out of out of the whole thing and and um the the person I was I, we was bitch talking about at, at the beginning was a, a Harlow Lobos Bulgaris. <laughs> like it's this guy. I'll go with Bob. I'll go with Bobby. I'll just go with Bob because Bobby. That's, that's okay. what that's what his nickname is. So, um, okay. yeah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just reading off of a of a, a athletic report. So I have I have not heard of his current status with the team. So I'm not even going to touch that. Um, okay. If he's still with the organization, I would if I would keep him far, as far away from Luca as possible. I, I would imagine that too, man. They, you know, he does he don't sound that straight up, like you know, he's a he described as a professional gambler. Yep, served as the team's director of quantitative research and development. So that's that's the type of stuff. See, and th this is where you know, look, uh, we all we we know and we all know and love. Uh, you know, uh, we are, we all know and love Cuban. You know, mm -hmm. Landon, you've had the opportunity to interview him. You mm -hmm. know, at times though, he gets a little bit out of that that square. That's like, you know, he he does his own. He tries to do his own thing, and it seems like that hurts the franchise. Where to where it gets to the point where they're doing business in certain ways that is is destructive and it leads to them getting called out for certain things like, you know, offensive things that are happening in the offices and stuff. And, you know, people got to put them in check, you know, because of the way that they do business down there. Is, is that something that is, are those type of things, things that can resurface in the future, even, even with these new changes and, and these new people shuffling in and out? Um, well, Sint, who's the CEO of the Mavericks, has been doing a great job in trying to clean up the mess that was left by her, the people that were, uh, that she succeeded uh, as, as the CEO. So obviously she talked to Jason Kidd. Um, the Dallas Morning News brought that up uh, in an article last week. Uh, they talked extensively before he was offered the job. Um, obviously he got the job. So I guess, you know, she, she felt, uh, everything that she was saying and everything she was hearing from him was, um, 
um, uh, on point for her to give her, her her blessings for him to come here. So um, I'm uh, as far as I know, everything's on the up and up. You know what I mean? Like obviously they're trying to change, you know, change the culture around here. She's been trying to change the culture for the last uh, three years now. So um, yeah, um, it looks like anything that they're hearing as far as you know um, things, you know, going towards you know uh, misconduct on the business side of things. They're trying to get you know clear that stuff out of here. So um, right. and so that, and yeah, I, I'm, I didn't say it explicitly, but I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that. Buford, you know, uh, Landon, uh, you know, kid has his past discrepancies. People, you know, it's definitely been reported on and stuff. And, um, you know, we, we, we'll talk about it in a minute, like some of the stuff that people have said up to and, and reported about uh, Chauncey Bellows up in Portland. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, what it kind of says about the league uh, where a lot of people are at this time are advocating for a woman to get one of these uh, open positions, but instead you get two guys uh, filling, you know, former players, respected guys in the league, of course, but they also have had, uh, you know, some discrepancies apparently with women mm-hmm. and, you know, them getting positions in, in the, you know, instead of, uh, you know, some qualified, you know, uh, female uh, you know, people, uh, you know, contenders, you know, it's, it's definitely raising some radars for people. But, uh, but no, uh, back to Dallas, you know, uh, Bill Duffy, too, is the agent. That, yeah, Bill Duffy. Yeah, yeah for, for Luca. But, uh, yeah, another thing with Dallas, it seems that people are mentioning that could be the possibility is, you know, trading uh, uh, Luke. Uh, Luca's running mate, you know, his for the past couple of years, yeah, Porzingis. You know, do you think that's going to be a necessary move, and do you think that Dallas is going to be in the hunt for maybe a, you know, you met you mentioned Durant, which you know, I think may be a, a stretch, at least definitely in this offseason, but may do you think they may be in the hunt for a Damon Lillard or some type of other? Uh, you know, disgruntled superstar who may be in the mix in the summer. Um, I've, um, I'm not going to say who I heard this from today, but I've heard that uh, I mentioned that um, the list of people that might have been interested in Dallas, um, I mean, of Lillard services, which um, I, I've heard the Pelicans, I've heard Miami, I've heard Los Angeles, I've heard both Los Angeles as of today, uh, the Knicks, and uh, that's about I mean that's about it um I've uh from the person that that I spoke to today was saying that Dame um is uh looking to uh be on the biggest stage possible so when you hear biggest stage possible you're hearing you're here you're thinking Los Angeles New York maybe Miami um Philly might be in the mix too depending on what they can get a, you know get for for um for Dame, if he if they decide to trade him there, but biggest stage, I mean, no, I don't, you know, disrespect to Philly, but I feel when you're talking about biggest stage, you're talking about the two biggest markets in in the world. So that's Los Angeles and um and New York. Sure. From I've heard on the basketball sense, uh, it would make sense for him to go to L.A. From a business sense, kind of like what it was a business sense for for Kevin Durant to go to Golden State and now Brooklyn. Um. It, it would most likely be New York. 
that sort of the Knicks coming off of that year that they've already had, they they would be on the moon if they if they got Lillard somehow. But the, my thing is, what are they going to give up for him? I mean, Portland's yeah. going to do more than just draft picks. And you know, are they gonna, are they willing to gut their team just to get just to get a superstar? And what are they, what do they have to give up to get Dame in a uniform? Right? I know they yeah. have the spending power this this year, but I mean, like, who's going to want to come to New York unless they already have that in place? You know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to have to have the stability there, um, regardless of you know who's over there. The culture's changed and everything else. Um, people are talking about going to New York, but nobody's actually went up and said, I'm going to do this. And no, just go ahead. Well, I, was saying, I, I, I just want to go, like I said, uh, well, Drew, I'll let you go. But I said one more thing about Dallas, though. Though you wind up getting the guy who he, he you know, it came out a, a little while ago that he preferred as a coach for his team mm-hmm. and Jason Kidd. You know, you don't think that that will be tempting in any way for him? I mean, he, he was mentioning Jason Kidd. He wanted Jason Kidd a, as the coach. But you got to remember, he said on the uh, on Twitter, they gave me a list of names and I picked who I like, who I, you know, from what my relationships were with those coaches um, of, of what was, you know, put in front of me. So uh, they probably went to him and said, hey, we were thinking about, you know, interviewing the, you know, this person, this person, and this person. And he probably obviously said, well, Jason Kidd's from the Bay Area, which we know that he looks up to Jason Kidd. Um, and uh, obviously, um, that would have been a good fit for him. So I'm not ruling out Dallas, but I'm, from what I what I was you know what I was told today, he wants to be on the biggest stage possible. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't think Dallas matches up in that way, right? I mean, Houston's the third biggest market in the in the in the um, in the states, and they're not even on the they're not even on the radar right now. So. Well, Houston's also being badly run right now. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean. But, Drew, you, you had something you want to say? No, I was, I was just going to add that, I mean, uh, Landon, you brought up, you know, the big markets that, that Dame is, is kind of looking at going to and uh, how, how that could possibly shake out. But you, in my mind, I'm like, man, but what do these teams have that, Portland is gonna wanna gonna wanna trade for you know they they're not gonna wanna go into a rebuild they're gonna wanna stay at or at least right below the level that they're at now you know you think about um, the Lakers who are they giving up you know Tucker is nice but is he really the type of piece you want to put in into that team right now that you feel like is gonna give you you know a, a puncher's che- uh, puncher's chance in the West Clippers mm-hmm. same thing uh, New York same thing who you who are you giving up you know I mean with the Clippers maybe Terrence Mann but still it's the same like you're not getting again there's no perfect scenarios but you're not getting anything close to Dame's value it seems like in my mind well I, I think if the Clippers are, are, are called and Kawhi's the guy that's staying mm. uh, I think Paul George would be on the on the trading block like you're gonna want to get value for for game right and for the Clippers Outside of Kawhi, they don't have anybody that, and I know, I mean, I don't want to say close, but, you know, I guess with that title, of it could actually get their own bucket. It would be it would be Paul George. True. But see, with that, though, then you if, if you give a PG, somebody that, you know, for all the jokes that have been made has, has shown himself to be, you know, what we all thought he could be in this these playoffs, especially since Kawhi went down. 
if you keep Kawhi, you know, a guy that's kind of it's arguable how much longer he'll be in his prime. Who knows what this latest injury is? They keep giving these injury updates, but I feel like they know what it is and they just don't want to come out and say it. That's that's a huge risk for the Clippers, you know. Well, when Anthony Davis was injured earlier this year and they were talking about, you know, sprain and using, you know, kind of the same language that they were using with Kevin Durant. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if AD doesn't play again this season. They weren't coming out and saying that, but that's how I felt with the language they were talking about with uh, Kevin. I think Kevin was out um, five weeks and then came back and immediately towards Achilles. But they were already saying it was a, it was a bruise to his Achilles. I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, about AD. So I was like, I don't think he's coming back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and obviously when we saw what happened. He was advised not to play by LeBron, by the front office, everybody, everybody, right? But he decided to play. And, you know, obviously with injuries and stuff like that, the trainer's the fall guy. Mm-hmm. True. So yeah, it goes back to you know how much uh injuries and everything have been affecting this postseason. We almost saw the uh, Bucks get wiped out last night, man, yep. with uh, with Jonas. But apparently he's uh been uh news come out today been no structural damage to his knee. He'll, so, he'll, uh, I think he'll be I think he'll might be available for game six, maybe, maybe by Saturday. If not, game seven. That's a stretch. Yeah, and I'm I'm, I'm 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 being nice with the you know the possible the attendance. <laughs> they, they said there's no timetable for his return. Right. I'm I'm just I'm I'm so just probably surprised. I would be surprised if this is from this series. I mean, you have to, he they have absolutely no chance without him. So unless unless he's waving the white flag. And you don't want him to come back too early, but I mean, like you said, like it's it's like a no win situation, like it was with James Harden. Kyrie goes down with hurt. Some people, I'm not that type of person, but some people think it's karma because obviously, you know, he was involved with the Kyrie injury, right? So people, some people on 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 social media, again, not me, but uh, people on social media are saying it's karma for you know for hurting Kyrie and costing the Nets uh, a possible championship run this year. So you know. So we think we, we think it's blatant, like like when Kyrie stepped on the logo in Boston. I don't know if it's blatant, <laughs> but, you know. People are saying that you know basically you know that's just karma, like that's the, karma that's happens. The, yeah, yeah. Kyrie but, stepped yeah, on, can can step on the logo. He gets stepped on, and then then yeah. you know, yeah. gets his leg torn off. So yeah, that's, that's wild that's business. What, that's what people are floating around on the internet since it happened. So, but and, I mean. Uh, uh, what, what do y'all think right quick, though, man? Because, you know, people want to throw out the asterisk thing now. I don't necessarily believe in that. You know, each season is what it is. Some seasons, you know, you know, we could talk We could talk about the validity of them having this season as it was at all, you know. But, yeah, you know, pe- people – this is one season that you could compare much more to, like, the NFL. Where it's, it's a war of attrition, and a lot of the t- a lot of the times, the best team at the end is a mixture of the best team and the healthiest team. So that's what you get in a more physical sport like football. In basketball, you don't you know, we're not used to that, and it shouldn't ideally it shouldn't be that way. But at the same time, 
it's really nothing you could do. Like if this if this was just a regular season that was laid out in the regular way, you know, without the uh, you know having to the the changes that happened in twenty twenty before then, like like I said, if it was just a regular season laid out like any other, and we had these injuries, you know, we still would crown the champion at the end of the season, mm-hmm. and, and the the teams that would be left that would would be ones that left. So I'm, a, but you know, well, in your you opinion, you know, what uh, are you going to be satisfied with a Hawks Suns? <laughs> uh, Final, you know, is do you, are y'all gonna think that this is truly the two best teams in the league going at it, uh, and, and that that the best team in the league this year will be crowned? Um, I don't. I mean, it's the next man up, right? I mean, obviously, uh, th- you know, this is an opportunity for any of these players that might not have gotten a ring in a regular, you know, a, a regular season, you know, a regular, you know. Uh, uh, season that that we would uh, that we would have uh, if everybody was healthy. So they need to take advantage of it. Out of the four of them, the one that's probably going to get you know uh, take the most hit of it if he doesn't get it done is Chris Paul. If he doesn't, uh, this is tailored for him right now to if they can get past the Clippers to get his first championship. Yeah, uh, it's it's, 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 it's amazing how much is open for him because. Yeah. You wouldn't think that he would have had that much of a of a opportunity this year, even with him joining that good young team in Phoenix. You know, you you still think like the LA teams was ahead of him, you know, Denver and uh, you know, you know, they, they, any number of teams, you know, could be in front of him. But you know, it, like I said, it's just opened up for him, and and his health hasn't been as much of a factor as it's been in other runs in the past. But now, you know, we I mean we'll we'll see how it goes. You know, they they still got to fight with the uh, the Clippers. That, mm-hmm. that was sort of the first thing that I put on the on the list here on the rundown. You know, it's it's still like a it's still like a toss in the air to me. We're we're in we're five games into each series. And you know, uh, you know, of course, once you know, uh, you have the advantage for the Suns on one side and the Bucks on the other, but you still can see the weaknesses in both of those teams, and you can see how, with you know, you can see the openings for the Clippers and the Hawks, respectively. So, I'm you know, the way I put it on the rundown was like, who's really on the ropes in this series? Are we looking at you know who's who's Ali and who's Foreman in these situations here. You know, you know what what do y'all think? So just going back to your previous question, call me naive, but I wouldn't be upset at all at like Hawks and Clippers, man. Not not at all. Like only way Hawks and Clippers, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like no, no matter what combination, um, just because this is about this season, it's not about you know. Or it's about what's happened to this point. It's not about who we thought was going to be there or who we think should be there. It's about who is actually there, who's been able to, you know, survive the injuries the best. Um, and these are these are the teams that we have in front of us. That being said, like everybody else, you know, I hope that Giannis is able to get back. I hope that Trey Young is able to get back. Trey Young has maybe not been the best player in the playoffs, but he's been the most electrifying player in the playoffs. He's the one that you cannot afford to miss when he's on the court. Um, so if he if he leads the Hawks to the finals, that's absolutely must must watch TV. Um, 
I'm going to throw the alley oop to Joshua next. I know that's that's my man. That's my man's man. So, <laughs> Josh want that finals in Atlanta. Yes, sir. I need to get them lemon peppers, baby. I need the peppers. I need the lemon peppers. But um, now nah, Drew made a good point. Um, I think for me, there's no you can't really put an asterisk on any part of the season. If anything, this may be the season that opens up the the new shift in the paradigm of who's on top. We've been so used to LeBron James and. The Golden State Warrior dynasties and Miami Heat dynasties, and pretty much almost every year LeBron was in his prime. He was in the finals, right? So you got this, you pretty much knew what you're going to get year after year after year. But this season has just been the season where not even what we originally thought could last. And even and that's with and it's not that's just not our plan A. We're talking about plan B, C, D, E, F, and G, right? Because now I'm because we, we if you asked us back in November or December when this all started. We wouldn't have expected these four teams to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. So, we're in the Western Conference Finals. So, if you really think about it, I think we're just entering a new shift in the paradigm where the chapters of the LeBron's constantly going to the NBA Finals and dynasties that featured Kevin Durant for the most part, at least on the West Coast, um, in this new era. I think it's just a new era of winners that's going to be put into, that's being shifted into the right paths. Um, with at this present moment, Chris Paul leading the front. Um, so I wouldn't hate on that at all as far as whoever comes out of it this season, because if because this pretty much season it's pretty much a prime example of what the future really looks like. And it's bright. It's bright. It's definitely opportunistic. This it's time to be opportunistic if you want, like say if you're Trey Young. I mean, Trey Young and that whole Really, that whole roster down in Atlanta is pretty young and and uh, you know uh, energetic and ready to take on the world. You look at the way they played uh, yesterday without him; like they they really were in a position where they were like, "Look, we gonna prove ourselves beyond Trey." And uh, they they went out and took took the bugs down, and um, you know look over at Booker and the and the young guys over in uh, in Phoenix and. Uh, you could look at someone like a Paul George in L.A. who, you know, as opposed to Kawhi, hasn't proved himself at the highest, highest level. You know, Paul George has plenty of playoff games underneath his belt, but he hasn't proved himself to be a championship level guy yet. So he's also asserting himself. And, um, of course, uh, you know, Giannis with the Bucks and, and Middleton, they have to prove themselves as well as championship guys. They're all stars. Do we know who they are as players? All you know overall, but do you have that winning time mentality to uh, to take it to the next level? So it's that's I think as as real appreciators of of, of ball and of the NBA, that's really what you got to take away from this this season and uh, these final four teams that are in there. It's about see someone new step up to the occasion who who's going to be able to do that and who's going to be able to take home Larry O'Brien trophy and and put themselves in the history books you know that there are some teams that are sp- sprinkled around in the in the history it's not just the dominant teams who ran off you know dynasties in the league uh, around there you have those teams that of you know you know have one just one 
title in the middle of a run of other teams and stuff like that, like Detroit in 04. And, um, you know, uh, of course, Toronto a couple years ago. Then, you know, going back in the day, you know, you, you know, I mean, these, these teams may have had playoff success around their championships, but they had the, they only had the one year where they had the breakthrough championship run, you know, like the 83 uh, Sixers or something like that, you know. Um, you know, it, it's or, or, or a team that came up short and didn't win like the 01 Sixers, you know. But those are teams that we remember for a long time still because of the stars that were on those teams and certain individual performances that they uh, put together on the way to the run. So we still got some – we still got a lot of special stuff. I think we've seen a lot of special stuff already this postseason. So it's going to be memorable even without LeBron and Steph and Durant being there at the end and these guys who we've been used to over the past – 10, 15 years. Yeah, and I don't know if um, this is much of a hot take given where the series stay, uh, stands, but I think that your question about who who's on the ropes, which one of these four teams is most on the ropes, it got to be the Clippers, right? Because they still got to win two games. You know, I think I still think even without – or let me put it this way. If Trey and, and Giannis are going to be out, I think that series is a toss-up. I don't think that either team has, you know, that much of an upper hand. You got to count on players who um, – have not been the lead guy. Uh, you know, all credit due to to, to uh, Lemon Pepper, Lou, Lou Will. Crazy to think that was his first time starting. The, not crazy because he's been a, a three-time um, six-man of the year, but his first start in the playoffs, he produces, you know, at a crazy high level. Um, I think he only had like one or two turnovers, if if any at all. I think, I would think that was a special performance by him um, as well as those young guys. But um, – just my point. It, shows, it shows that he's sort of taking on the role that he's taking on as much by choice as anything. He hasn't been, you know, that he's not been worthy of starting or being a, you know, yeah. a top level guy. He's just sort of been cool with being that six, that six man, that specialization guy. You know. Yeah. Didn't he? Didn't he come out that uh, he was kind of playing retiring when he got traded to Atlanta, like for a second. Yeah, see, so, I mean, it's, it's kind of like Thad Young in Chicago after that season with Jim Boylan. You know, it's, it's crazy what can happen, man, if you just hang in there um, and kind of ride hey, the wave. You know what that just made me think of, too? I, have y'all seen the quotes from uh, uh, Cousins about yeah. how, like, playing the grind, about playing in the NBA and stuff? Like, yeah, we don't – Yeah, Josh, can, do you – I, I have to look it up, but you, you, you know what I'm talking about, right, Josh? Yeah, I think he was talking about how, um, you know, it was a constant grind for him to get back to where he is, how mm -hmm. he hopes that, that you know, he wins his championship when he does. It's like a middle finger to everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that sounds like Cousins, definitely. Yeah, like, but, he, but you know, but especially for someone like a DeMarcus Cousins, right? Like, he's been through so much. You're talking about a guy that was literally – less than half of a season away from going to the playoffs, getting a big payday that that summer, you tear, you tear your Achilles, and then you come back and you tear your quad, and then you come back, tear your ACL. Like, you, you're pretty much tearing your whole body down in a span of three to four years, right? And you've just been stuck on minimum contract after minimum contract after minimum contract. And even though you've been playing on these top-tier teams, you – 
you, you're not in a prime position to give what you can ultimately give because your body's still adjusting to the healing process that it needs to perform. And he's been, and mentally that's a, that's a taxing, uh, that's a taxing topic to have on your mental health. And for him to be in this position now where, you know, you're playing for the Clippers who is, who even though they're down, they still got two games away from being in the NBA finals. And you are, and you're probably with the best team to really pull that off, especially since you have the leader in Ty Lue, who's the only one to ever do something like that on the biggest stage. I mean, that's, it's, It'll be it'll be a heck of a Cinderella story in a sense for him when you talk about coming from being top tier pretty much to the bottom and then work your way back up to some sort of respectable level where the league around you respects you enough to even bring you on board and to win a title. If that were to happen, that's a that's a heck of a story. You can't write that. T- you can't. You, you wouldn't be able to write that story any other way. And yeah, it would, it would be a good story. I, I, I'll let you go on a second, Blaine. But I, I was uh, want to mention why I tied that in was because you know Drew talked about uh, the these thoughts that uh, Lou Williams had and like uh, that he's young. Know, like we forget about how much you know we stress and strain these guys can have. You know, we we think about them as pampered athletes at times and stuff. Some people hate on them because they think that they got the world in their palms. But they got to go through a lot, you know, just to get themselves physically and mentally and spiritually able to get through these seasons. And when you deal, especially when you deal with recurring injuries like a DeMarcus Cousins or you have, you know, uh, fans and media uh, jumping on you about certain things, about you know living up to whatever uh, uh, expectations they have for you individually or within the teams that you plan on these contending teams and stuff. You know, definitely. You know, Josh, you put it in a, put it greatly. You know, as far as Demarcus Cousins, we think he should probably have a, a, a handful of rings by now, given some of the teams he's been on. But he's still looking for that first one, so. I definitely understand what he was saying in those quotes about him getting one this year and it could be a middle finger to all the, the people who was uh, criticized him in the past. So, you know, go, you know, go get it. But I, I definitely understand the feelings that these guys can have, especially when you get to a certain point in your career, it, it's, it's gotta be hard to be like, man, I got to pick myself up again to get through, 80 to 100 games to try to get this title that, you know, it, I don't know what effect it's going to have on me personally. It's just going to be there for me to validate myself in the eyes of others. You know, you got to also think about your self-validation there. You know, what what does that mean? What does that mean to you? So, yeah, it's, it's, that's the type of stuff that we got to think about when we examine these players. It's not just about us being fans and being like, oh, well, oh, you whack because you ain't got a title or you on my team, you ain't performing the way you should be on my team. You know, I don't, you know, they, you know we, we got to think beyond that. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of what made Derrick Rose in the Knicks or maybe just Derrick Rose special for this season, just what, what could he do? Not that they had championship aspirations because they were, you know, facing the gauntlet of teams in that ahead of them in the Eastern Conference, but that's yeah. part of, of the excitement of seeing him back in the playoffs with just even a chance to well, do Derek, yeah, Derek's been dealing with those type of things since he was here. And it was it was very personal 
when it was in Chicago because so many looked at him as an idol here and they thought that he was going to be the, the guy to bring Chicago back to the, to the, uh, to the, to the forefront as a basketball team in the basketball city. So, you know, and he did it a lot of ways, but he just didn't get that title here. So again, it's like, you know, whether, what is his expectations compared to what you have as expectations for him? And should he even care about what your expectations are? Because he don't even know who you are. So, you know. Yeah. Well, Landon, you want to say something? Man? I was going to say, I think Cousins got a ring last year with being a member of the Lakers. Um, but I know that he would actually be contributing to this one. Um, yeah, he didn't. Do it. <laughs> you, yeah, I think you may be right about that. Like, he, yeah. he didn't really earn that one last year. Yeah, that's what, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like He would actually contribute to this one. Um, him, but again, who, who am I to say, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, because I mean, think about it. You, you got you still got to go to practice with some of these here. You know, even though you can't be out on the court, you have to be. You know, basically sit on the bench and be kind of a scout and sh you know tell people this is how what 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 I'm seeing up from the bench that you might not be seeing and you could actually uh, exploit that. So we don't know if he was actually doing that or not. Um, um, if I was gonna say if Trey actually wins this championship this year. It actually puts more pressure on the Mavericks and Luca to win and one this year. Uh, yeah. uh, in the next They're forever year. tied up because, right? I mean, obviously, we're obvious. Uh, we're saying that Luca is the generational talent, but could you imagine Trey get one before Luca? Luca don't get one at all, type of thing. Yeah. Let just for Atlanta as a whole, just Atlanta as a whole. If they if they get a championship. Magic City's gonna go crazy. They're gonna have a discount on everything. Like everybody's gonna go nuts. Forget COVID. Forget yeah. all the protocols. They won't get. Everybody's gonna get sick. Will be willing to get sick, unfortunately, for this. Uh, for this, you know, this experience. But just Atlanta as a whole, like well, everybody in Atlanta that had COVID about three, four times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you're technically right on that. You're right. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is the fact that when if Atlanta is to win a championship, number one, what we do for the franchise is a holy great, especially since, you know, you have so many people like Spud Webb, Dominique Wilkins that were trying to get over that hump but couldn't because of the GOAT himself. So they couldn't get over that hump. It will be great for them to represent, you know, the, the Hawks and, you know, be proud of this, this new age team. But at the same time, we're talking about what do we do for Nate McMillan, who who has been known as a head coach that doesn't have much playoff success, and yet he's taking his team to the Eastern Conference Finals, and if they go to the finals and win, how much of an in, in, imprint that's going to change on his legacy. Um, like you already mentioned, Trey, you know, you, t you talk about how young this, this Atlanta Hawks team is and how he can take – how really they have at least another couple of years to really build on top of what they have this year. And then the city as a whole, you know. Atlanta, that's, yeah, that's Atlanta as a as a sports city overall, yeah, has had a lot of heartbreak, and you know, Falcons, and, you know, look twenty eight three with the Patriots, and yeah, and you know, the Braves, all them years they they was dope for a lot of years, but only had one title. They only brought in one title in the nineties, so it's like in the Hawks, like you know, Josh, you say the Hawks of, you know. The, they had their teams, but they never never made it to the finals, let alone win it. So, 
Yeah, it'll be it'll be great to see Atlanta turn up for a, a major title like that. But I, I, I want to go back to you know, Landy, you mentioned um, the the pressure that could be on Dallas, and you know how that how that could be in response to Atlanta possibly winning. And if, if you may already have pressure there because Atlanta is further along in their development in their conference than Dallas is anyway. You know, Dallas hasn't got out of the first round. So, you know, with Lucas. So, you know, with them have I want to go back to the coaching stuff right quick before we move uh-huh. on. And um, you know, with with them losing their guy Carlisle and them going back to Indiana and kid, you know, getting there, you know, his second time around now as a head coach, getting into Dallas. And uh, you know, who do you think is in a better position among the teams who have brought up now? I'll bring in Portland too. You know, of those those major hires that we've had in these last couple of weeks, what team do you think is in the best position to improve themselves now with those with the hires that they made? The Mavericks, and the reason why is because free agency. I mean, people don't. I mean, Indiana is not a hotbed for free agents either. Now you have a coach that was a problem in Dallas for Dallas getting free agents, right? So how long will it take before people want out of Indiana, right? Uh, Miles Turner, I don't think it's in their plans next year. So, I mean, I think he's a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. So he could be on the move. Um, Portland um, is not a hotbed for free agents either, so they're going to have to trade. Um, and if, uh, you know, there's no, there's, there's not necessarily that Dame will, I mean, that, that he's going to leave because he's got four years left on, on, uh, on his contract deal. Right. So if he leaves, he's going to have to actually be, um, he's got to actually be traded somewhere. Right. So like Portland can actually control where they trade him. Right. Kind of like what the Spurs did with, um, Kawhi Leonard, even though he wanted to go to LA, um, uh, you know, a couple of year, you know, a couple of years ago, they decided to send him to Toronto of all places, right? So, um, I think the Mavericks do because they they have the option in free agency with uh, with stars that might want to come there and play with Luca, despite what uh, some of my uh, some of our colleagues and uh, you know from other, some of these other uh, stations are saying about Luca being a problem around the league and. Um, uh, a lot of the, a lot of these individuals uh, I'm hearing behind the scenes don't are not as connected as they they that the public thinks they are on television. Let's just put it that way. I say, let you think you think Luca got an attitude problem because you know it, it, I mean, it's come up too like the way he acts on the court. He's been getting a lot of technicals and stuff too. Like. You got to think about it this way. Lucas came in from the second best, you know, professional league as a winner, the MVP, a champion is coming into his rookie year. So, I mean, he's saying all the right things. He doesn't care about, you know, um, the stats and stuff like that, but he wants to win. He's a winner. So, I mean, um, I mean, you know, you guys are in Chicago, you know, uh, people, you know, Michael Jordan wasn't well liked, you know, by some of his teammates and you know some of the people around their league, but they respected him, right? 
he got six champ at the end of the day, he got six championships out of that, right? Yeah, and he, he yeah, he strong armed his teammates a lot. And you and saw the last dance just like I saw the last dance. So I mean, yeah, you know, and, and I mean obviously Scotty thinks, you know, um has said that the lot some of that stuff was uh geared towards, you know, his point of view, not everybody's point of view, but um, you saw even Michael Jordan couldn't handle some of the things that uh, was going on in the front office. You know what I mean? So I'm not trying to compare, you know, Luca to, to Michael because, you know, he's got a long way to go. But, I mean, you know, people said Mike was a diva too, right? They said Kobe was a diva, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you know. that's just following tradition. Huh? <laughs> always, I mean, like, if, as soon as he starts winning, um, you know, the narrative changed. Look at Trey Young. At the you know before the coaching changed, everybody said he was a locker room problem, right? That's true. Now they, we're not they had issues bad about the early the season, yeah. Yep. They now the coaching change, we're not hearing anything bad about the locker room. We're hearing praise about Trey Young right now. That's that's a good point, Atlanta. That's a good point. But I, we 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 brought up brought up uh, you know Scotty and, and and all that again. We we about to go into that, but I I just want uh, to see if Drew or Josh, if you thought got any thoughts about the coaching hires and. Who do you think uh, is is better off with their coach guys? I mean, Landon made a good point as far as the Dallas Mavericks and how, especially from a free agency perspective, they're in a better they're in a better uh, seat when it comes to driving this vehicle to bring these top two free agents to at least to the to the table. Um, they're in a better position now, especially having the head coach with Jason Kidd, and I think the Nike the Nike. Executives gonna help, help play a, a role in that as well, um, and you got Mark Cuban, who is a respected owner around the league. So um, having those three tiers uh, solidified in a much more respectful way, um, it could help the Dallas Mavericks for sure be in a better position. Um, but I really like. Or oh, kid himself though is, do we think that kid is gonna be a better coach than he was? In Milwaukee and you know in in New York and all that. I think so. I think so. And I think re- what really cha- what, what what really changed him in a way was him being able to coach LeBron and AD okay. in LA as an assistant coach. Um, because it was the original report that he was supposed to get that head coaching job there too. Um, but you know, yeah, LeBron, LeBron said he yeah. So um, I think him being assistant around that staff and around that type of leadership and being around LeBron and seeing how they do things on a consistent basis and the culture that was built there, winning that title, um, seeing what it took to win that title. Um, I think that help, well, can help tremendously in his coaching career to where him going to Dallas, he can implement some of that. And I think also his experience in winning a championship in Dallas, seeing him being a player there and winning that championship in Dallas can help as well. Um, make him better prepared to deal with stars like Luca um, and whoever else may be willing to come there, especially if they decide to move on from Christoph Porzingis. Um, so I think that kid would be kid is in a much more better position, I believe, to actually coach that team um, in the way that that team needs to be coached. Um, but I really like this Chauncey Billups hiring, man. I love I love um, how he him being in Portland. Um, one thing that Portland lacked was a lot of grit. They lacked a lot of defensive grit. That's what Chauncey Bills was known for, outside from being Mr. Big Shot. Um, he was known for being that tough-nosed point guard that, you know, led those Pistons, Detroit bad, the, the bad boys 2.0 Pistons, right, to 
those championships and those deep uh, playoff runs. And that's what in a top tier, really tough Western conference you're going to need. And if the Portland can keep, can keep Damian Lillard and you have CJ McCollum, that's a great foundation to start with, but they got a lot of holes. They got to plug in this offseason. They got to figure, and they got to figure out what they're going to do with those wing positions. But to start with Chauncey Billups as, you know, your head coach who is a proven winner in this league and has a great repertoire as far as his knowledge of the game, being able to be an assistant coach next to Ty Lue, who Ty Lue is very well respected in the game. It could arguably be considered as the best coach in the game, considering what he's done with his Clippers team compared to last season. You know, this, I, I think it, Portland automatically has been put in a better position than they would be ever under their previous coach in Terry Stotts. Um, so I think they're both were home run hits for both franchises. I'm still waiting for that day for the, for Sharif, uh, uh, Weatherspoon and Becky Hammond and those women coaches to get their chance in the league because they, they 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 have the history of it. They have the experience of being on those staffs, and players are advocating. It, it, it's all right there for you. So, but Josh, why do you think no one is is pulling the the trigger on that that yet though? Who is? Why I say why do you think no one is pulling the trigger on that yet? I think it's just because of I think it's because of viewership and how the league uh, views women in, in in those type of positions. Um, they view them as you know they're valuable, but not that valuable. You know, because I mean, and especially since it's not the WNBA as a whole, you're talking about the NBA, it's the big boys league. Um, completely, even though in some cases you can argue completely different styles of play, um, the game is still the same. And the fact that they both have experience as assistant coaches under, you know, head coaches that have some validity in this league. When you talk about Stan Van Gundy, when you talk about Alvin Gentry, when you talk about Greg Popovich, who has a heck of a coaching tree, like the resume speak for themselves. And they were winners in their WNBA leagues as a whole, too. Um, so I but, I but because of the outside fan bases and the media and how, you know, they like to portray things as in it's the NBA. So this is the man's league. Um, I think that can backfire on the, on those former WBA players that are, even though they're currently in the NBA, increase, you know, in a way decrease their chances. And that starts from ownership down, um, making those type of decisions. So uh, the NBA has made great moves, but more obviously needs to be done to give equal share and equal fair share to, you know, hiring those type of quality candidates to be head coaches in, an, in the NBA. We'll, we'll see how much longer it'll take. You know, I think it should be sooner than rather later. Should be. But, you know, we still, you know, apparently got a, a little ways to go as far as that. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, it. I hope it's not too bad of a situation that, you know, one of those ladies are put in, you know, a Hammond or a Witherspoon. Because it's sort of like with a brother, you know, when – you know, when the brothers first started getting hired, and they usually got hired for the worst jobs. <laughs> you know, they got to they had to do the the most thorough cleanups. You know, but uh, you know, we we gotta we gotta not look at it as you know, uh, you know, we we have no other options, so let's just give a woman this job. You know, you know, let's see a woman get a job where there is some promise. You know, at one of these franchises, not just be uh, there to make a screw-up franchise look like they're a little more progressive than they actually are. But, uh, and I, I think it may just be as simple as, you know, a, 
these teams not wanting, not you know, being a little a little shy of being the first, the very first team to do it. Sure, that has a lot to do with it as well. Um, going back a little bit of ways, uh, I hear Landon and I hear I hear Josh and I hear their their, their opinions on Dallas in this situation. But I, I got to push back and say that I think that in the short term, um, going back to our conversation about which teams who have made coaching changes are sitting kind of in, in a in a in a better spot. I think it's I think it's Portland short term, if for nothing else because of Dallas's roster situation. Um, what are they going to do with Tim Hardaway Jr.? What are they going to do with Chris Stops? And then coming around the corner, you got Lucas' contract. He's about to get a big contract, so that's about to eat into some salary cap coming up. Um, there's a weak free agent class now. There's a better one potentially next summer. Um, but in the short term, in terms of what's going to happen next year, you know, you got a new head coach in Portland, got Billups there, we get to see what kind of ideas he might be able to throw around with that team to get some different results. Because um, I think to a certain extent they've kind of um, underachieved uh, given their roster pieces. They dealt with some injuries. Uh, isn't it, is it Collins? Yeah, can't, he's injured, yeah. He can't get right. This dude injured. Yeah, yeah. And he's a free agent. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and, they, and Portland just got to—they got to change the way that they play overall. Like Josh said, they need to up their defensive intensity in the worst way. So it, I don't know how much of that's going to be adjusting the roster, adjusting the personnel, or is it going to be just being coached up? And I don't know. And that, that goes into the whole Ben Simmons thing. And will they make? Will what? What, what deal will Philly get? that might entice them to move Simmons and if it's going to be Portland and CJ McCollum enough of a, of a get for them to pull that, to feel comfortable pulling that trigger. Right. Cause that, that could, you know, how much different would Portland look with, you know, a defensive facilitator who can, you know, who loves to stay in that dunker spot. How would that look in the West? Yeah. You know, it ain't going to look good if he, if he <laughs> passes the ball from uh, two feet under the rim. <laughs> I know that, but <laughs> so he's got some work to do. He's, he's got. Yeah. I mean, but, to pick it off that, pick it back off that point though, Drew. Seeing CJ McCollum in Philly, close to the East Coast, where he went to his Ivy League school in Lehigh. I mean, <laughs> that that could be pretty pretty nice for him to see as well. Putting him in a pick and roll with Joel Embiid. That that that's something interesting that could you know, if it was to come into fruition. You know, something that shouldn't be overlooked, especially now that he'll be in the Eastern Conference, where it's a whole other different style, a whole different beast compared to what he was accustomed to in the Western Conference. It may be a little easier for him. And, you know, him playing under Doc Rivers, hey, that, that, that's something that could potentially work into something. And if that was to happen, I wouldn't I wouldn't write, off, write that off at all. I think C.J. McCollum would thrive there. That definitely could be a, 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 a plus one situation for everybody. In that uh, in the in the trade like that between Portland and Philly, well, I'm I'm gonna move on to a plus one situation for the media and basketball media and basketball followers everywhere, and that's when you combine Scottie Pippen and Kevin Durant, and then <laughs> you combine Scottie on a on a book and liquor tour, and him just being you know, like say ready to take on the world this week. So I'm, I'm I just want, I'm just going to throw it out there. What, what's up with, what's up with the, with this guy this week, man. And, 
you know, he does the GQ article. He, you know, he, he, he went into a lot of stuff there. Stuff about, he went into stuff with Philly too in, in regards to how they, because that was kind of right after the uh, Simmons and everything in game seven. And, and you know, so he, he has some quotes there. He, he winds up with the quotes about Phil Jackson being a racist. He's come out. I, I heard him talk about Skip Bayless being racist. And, you know, of course, he, he says some things about Mike that are sort of on the fence. And, you know, yeah, like I said, this stuff ain't, I, I, this stuff ain't, like I said, he said the stuff he said about Durant. Of course, I brought up Durant. We all know Durant's ready to fire at any time on on Twitter, you know. And uh, he's not using the burners anymore. He just, he's coming out under his own name and saying what he want to say. You know, Landon, I'm gonna throw that to you first, man. Let, let's go. Let's go down the timeline with this. You know, so, so with I'm Scotty, gonna... with Scotty and and Durant first. What was your reaction initially to them clashing? Well, when I when uh, I when I guess I could say when I saw the stuff on the internet, um, I could see where you know Durant was at. You know, uh, obviously, you know, felt insulted. But it's not like Scotty was going into this GQ interview and he was only answering the questions that were asked of him. And we got to remember that when when journalists are getting, you know, these quotes from them, we're going in at with an agenda on, in, in, in every interview. It can be an agenda that's a good agenda. It could be an agenda where there's some stuff happening where we want to get reactions out of people. too. Well, so, that's all that is true, Landon. But I would say, you know, uh, Tyler Times wrote. The uh, the piece he you know did the Q and A, mm -hmm. and there were I think a lot of the stuff, a lot of the spiciest stuff though, Pip sort of brought up on his own. Like Tyler, Tyler didn't really set him up with the stuff about Philly, and I don't think he set him up about the stuff with Durant either. Like yeah. he was he was like Pip just was there. To, he was ready to he was ready to to say some stuff about these people. True, but the kind of questioning where he said, "Do you think that Kevin Durant has surpassed uh, uh, LeBron James?" That's a question that Scotty actually answered. Okay, yeah, it's true. You know, you see what I'm saying? Like, basically, he set Scotty up for that question. He sat down and said, "Let me ask him about this before he got on uh, before he uh, sent the questions or sat on the phone with him." Right, and obviously, the the biggest the biggest story right now is Kevin Durant losing after. You know, having a, a hell of a performance against the uh, against Milwaukee, right? So right. that was that was something that sort of naturally was becoming a discussion point because of how dynamic Durant was, mm -hmm. and he was you know basically carried the Nets to the verge of the of the Eastern Conference Finals by himself, and you know LeBron had us had a rather weak. Uh, you know, we 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 know he's aging, and he's he mm -hmm. had a rather weak playoff performance in comparison to Durant. So that's something that I think in basketball circles was becoming a discussion point. Mm -hmm. So I I can see why Tyler Times brought that up in the interview, but at the same time, if you Scotty, you can be a little more gracious or you know thoughtful in the way that you approach the response. True. And I think that's been the point. That's been sort of the thing with Scotty all week where he's just been like, like I say, he's just been throwing them, letting them darts go. And, you know, 
Hey, if you ask certain people again, I got to shout out the big homie BC. He said, Scotty be he be he be sort of lubricated often, so it's kind yeah. of funny that he's he's out there, you know, advertising for this digits bourbon. And I like I've seen a couple of interviews, Josh. I think you know what I'm talking about where he did look a little lubricated, a little full, as we say, <laughs> you know, in the interviews. So I don't know if that that was the case during the GQ interview. But I think Scotty is reaching a point, you know, at least from a uh, from a visit from a uh, a surface standpoint, where he's looking like he's dealing with some things, and he's not really handling them in the best way. He's sort of lashing out well, in I some mean, ways. You got to think about it. He's going through a divorce, public public divorce, with uh, his ex wife. I was just about to say that. He's, I was, I was, I was like, man, he's, he's going so in depth. You got to wonder if Larson did something to him, man. Like, I, I was getting ready to go into that. Um, obviously not in a more joking way, but yeah. but to Landon's point, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was going through a lot. Um, I mean, he's literally, um, I don't know if you saw, I saw this, but he actually sat down with the bourbon, and there's a photo of him with first taking the background of what he was saying. I'm mm-hmm. like, the dude is trolling on another level just with first take alone. And you already know that beat between him and Stephen A. What that's like. So it's like, you know, I think, I, I think aside from you know him promoting his drink a little too much, um, although MJ might be proud. Um, <laughs> that's a whole other story. But you know, I think aside from doing that, there really might be some underlying, you know, underlying emotions, underlying thoughts that have taken to, taken a toll on him to where he is lashing out in a way that does come a little aggressive, that does come a little, you know, okay, you a little left field with this thing. You need to chill out, you know, type, type of situation. I, I'm not, and it's not surprising, especially since the last dance came out, because you even heard from when the last dance came out, how pissed off he was about that documentary, how, you know, he, he felt like the way he was portrayed in that documentary was a little reckless. And in some ways it was, um, but you know, but that's the power that be, right? That's the power that be. That's the power with their hands that, you know, that's, that they I have. Think, yeah, I think it's a little overstated his beef with, I, not, not. I mean, he has, he feels the way he feels, but I think the way that he was portrayed in the last days, I think the issue was with the issues probably stem mostly from him not being able to assert himself as more than a guy, a, a sidekick in the way that Landon spoke about it earlier, where, you know, he, Scotty, Scotty was the, always the guy who needed a little help or needed a little more advice, you know, advisement or something. You know, Mike was always on the ball with his, you know, Mike, you know, when he was the leader, he was, he, he never had really needed any help except for when, you know, maybe when his pops had passed or whatever. And and he had to deal with that, but he came back and he 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 was always in control in some way. Mike was, but Scotty he he let the money slip through his fingers, and you know he couldn't negotiate well, and you know he had to he had he had to deal with the stuff with with Ku Coach that of course that uh, Kevin Durant you know uh, uh, so eloquently stated on Twitter, and, you know he Scotty was just always. You know, he just—he's always—he he was sort of can't get right in some way. 
And so, you know, I think that's what he probably didn't appreciate the most about his portrayal. And he couldn't because he didn't have any control in in how the final edits went and stuff. He probably couldn't. Yeah. He probably said more to back himself up than what was what was uh, released on ESPN. So, but he he probably didn't see all that. So he Michael probably he did feel a way about that. Michael but at the, you know, at the same time, I think you just that's just something you got to deal with when you're, you know, there's a project that was going to be about Michael Jordan. There's a project that's the that's the drawing point. That's that's what made it a record viewing event. For everybody, you know, and uh, you know, Scotty, he's he's using this time now to uh, he's getting his equal time, you know. He's 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 gonna do it with his book and with his uh his media uh, circus now. So you know, he he gotta he gotta do he he gonna do what he gonna do. But go ahead, Landon. I was gonna say they they're catching at the right time. They're catching him at the right time with uh they know he's angry. They're they're playing off of uh, off of what what the hot buttons are right now. Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, and um, the fact that uh, obviously th- th- he's tired of being called a-, a Robin and the sidekick, and he's saying all types of stuff right now. Everything he says right now is going viral. <laughs> so if you if you basically. If, I mean, I could sit down right now and get Scotty on the phone. Not to say that I would, I would do it, but if I was to get him on the phone, I could sit down, think about something, you know, within an hour or two, and then all my stuff is going viral too. You know what I'm saying? It's just we're catching him at the right time. And see, that's that's, that's what, at, the, at the heart of it, that's what affects me, Landon, because as a person who grew up admiring Scotty, it's like Scotty should know better. He should know his role and that the media is playing him in some ways. And he shouldn't allow himself to get played at this point in his life. He should be more in control. He should he should be more in control of this stuff. And and if when you look at a stuff that happened like this week, it shows why he's gotten to the situation that he got to when he was a younger man and put even more impulsive, probably and less you know less uh, evolved in some ways. He was you know. It, it, it makes sense, I think, when you look at some of the stuff that he had to deal with back in the day. If if he's gotten to this point where he's in his fifties now and he's still out here trying to act like he a young boy with the with the wild dreads and stuff and sipping on on the liquor at on TV and stuff, you know that's you know not he, that's Mike. Mike could get caught out there, but that the 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 press got to really work to catch Mike in one of those. Uh, you know, one of those situations where he's he's got the 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 clouded eyes and he's wilding out and stuff. He Michael never sit down to a planned interview, except the closest he came was in the Last Dance. But even then, he was cool about it. He had the cigar, he had the drink. He was like, "I'm speaking my mind," and 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 I'm and I'm cool about it. He wasn't like, "Oh, I'm just saying this and that." He was responding if he was. It, the, the loosest he was when was when they would pass him the iPad and he would respond to people on the iPad. But beyond when he was speaking himself, Mike was cool as hell. And that's what Scotty can't be. He can't be that guy. So I, I I'm got <laughs> I hear everything you guys saying, man. Um bringing up 
the divorce that he's going through, that's huge. But he's also he's grieving the loss of his son as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm not trying to psychoanalyze this man, but this is the topic. So I'm going to try to give my thoughts on it the best I can and try to, you know, uh, see if I can connect it a little bit. Um, I don't understand his gripe in two ways. Um, the things that were brought up in the last dance actually happened. This, this isn't something that was made up. Like, these are facts. You know, you chose to sit out on a play where you were cleverly disguised as the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the go-to. My man, there you go. You were a great passer. You got Kukoc coming off a screen on a shot on a play that was used early in the season. It's, it's not as if this is a one-off thing where it just came out of nowhere, like, nah, we're going to get this guy a shot because we don't really believe in you. Um, you chose to get a surgery into a season where you could have had it in the summertime. These are things that actually mm -hmm. happened. Um, you guys brought up points about him being a Robin, being a sidekick, being a second fiddle. That may be true, but without Scotty, there really is no Mike. Also, and, and but and, and, and Drew is like nobody. I'm saying I'm, I'm just saying right quick. Nobody is argues that. That's the thing. He he feels more insecure about that than he should because everybody admits that every and we and that's again that's fact. Jordan didn't win any titles without him. We all know that, and especially here in Chicago, we all worship him because yeah. of the role that he played in yeah. lifting Michael up. In a lot of ways, we mostly emulated him because we felt like, oh, we can probably do what – we can't do what Mike does, but we got a better chance sure. to try to do what Scotty can. Um, but, no, that, that goes to my point too, Kyle. Um, but I was going to say in that in, in the times where he wasn't – where he didn't have Jordan, especially that first season, Scotty balled out. Scotty balled out. I want to believe – I want to say he was – I don't have the stats to back this up. Uh, anybody that wants to can feel free to look him up. He was an MVP candidate. Yes. Yes, he was. Exactly. This, this is not somebody who – like just was a scared little boy without Michael Jordan. Like this dude is was voted one of the fifty greatest players. Man, he is he he is the blueprint for what Grant Hill was, what LeBron James, Paul George has have become. You know this this it, I don't understand the insecurity. Um, that and that's that's cold, that's what's cold too about him is that people look at him and say he would be great today, and there's no argument about that. Because of his his length and his ability to guard and and you know play that player uh, you know play the play all all both ends of the court like people people look at Scotty and say he would dominate today and that's yeah. that's that goes to his legacy too absolutely um and when when, it, when these things were coming out you know in my head I'm thinking this might be just a market employee but you know Scotty has talked in this way his whole career. So it, you can't, it's hard to separate, you know, how much is this is true? How much is not, how much is him grieving? How much is not? So it's, it's, it's a lot to unpack with him, man. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I just, yeah, I just want him to take a breath, you know, and, you know, let this, let himself speak. If you got it, if you got this book that's coming out, let us, he can speak through this book and, um, you know, hopefully he won't be too, he won't. He won't be too uh, uh, offended by anything that 
Oakley or anybody else may say because he don't want to bark up that tree. I don't think. And is it true he's he's inducting uh, Cool Coach? That's what I heard. Yeah. Who? Which is funny. Before we move on, what do y'all think about him specifically saying that Phil was sort of motivated racially by in that moment? Because that that's that seems ridiculous to me. That Phil was thinking like, oh. He's my great uh, Croatian savior here. I got a, I finally got a white man who I can trust <laughs> to make a shot over the Knicks for me. Like, it's, it's still, like Phil has had his his issues in regards to certain statements and stuff he's made. But I think it's as much of a generational thing as it is a racial thing with Phil, where he can't relate. Like he he can relate all day probably with some brothers his age, but with the brothers, you know, that's 20, 30 years past him, or, you know, of, you know, if I, uh, be uh, under him, I think he has some issues relating to them. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I think Pip really, that was the worst thing for me, just him just really stepping out. Because, again, you know that there are certain keywords and certain narratives that you could throw out there as a person that is just going to fool. You know, it's gonna bring up red flags. It's gonna set off the Twitterverse and the the blogosphere and all that. And I think Scotty was trying to take advantage of that in a in really a a, a way that has no bearing for it. You know. Well, whenever his bourbon comes out, I say that we all it's obviously it's strong enough for him to go crazy like he's going. So I, so therefore, I say we should invest in a bottle and then come back <laughs> on the show and say, Scotty, this is for you. You know, thank you for introducing us to what it has, what it means to have a strong bourbon. Because you set the tone, brother. You set the tone from the beginning all the way up until now with this tour. And I'm just, I'm like the meme where you just, where the guy just grabs the popcorn bag and lays back in the chair and just starts eating. Like I've been doing it all week long with with this Scotty stuff, man. So since he's doing that, I say we just invest in bourbon. We, you know, support the brother in whatever he's doing, and uh, you know, it's really get a taste of what he's going through. Because man, it's. I'll invest in the bottle just to support the brother because I want to see how it tastes now. I guess that's the one thing. He, he's he's let you, he's he's definitely uh, uh, heightened the uh, the willingness to you know he's heightened the interest in in that product. So we got to see if it's worth all this. If the digits <laughs> bourbon is worth all this, you know, if it if it's something that we you do want to kick it, but. I, I think I think of for, I, I I think the digits bourbon may be more the drink that you drink alone with. I, I saw someone say something like that online. Like that may <laughs> that may be the drink that you have when you have a hard day and you just like, man, I don't want to be around nobody. It's just gonna be be me in this bottle right now. We go. I'm just gonna <laughs> get some shit off my chest, you know. <laughs> that I mean, they, hey, there's a market for that. If Scotty wants to, you know, make some, if he, he wants this digits brand to to last, you know, there's always a market for the for the the lonely drunks, you know. I I think him and Kwame Brown are just tired of the narratives that are going around <laughs> about them because. I mean, uh, I, I stopped paying attention to what Kami has been saying, you know, like maybe two or three weeks ago. But that man is still trending to this day. I mean, he was on um, he was on early day. I didn't tap in. I mean, I had the notifications, but I just haven't been tuning in. But he, he's been um, trending um, 
ever since uh, his name was called out on all the smoke. Like he just just went in on on everybody, and I think Scotty's at that point where he just doesn't care anymore. And plus, he's trying to sell his book. Kwame, yeah, Kwame for a week or two. This Kwame was a position that Scotty's in now. Yeah, and Kwame used that to fortify, uh, uh you know, formulate a larger audience yeah. for himself. Because, yeah. like you say, Landon, he puts out videos regularly and everything, and. You know, I've seen I've I've seen some descriptions of some of them. I haven't really watched them. You know, I think he sort of goes off into some places that I don't really agree with. So I'm I'm good on it, but he definitely has an audience for those opinions and stuff. And uh, you know, more power to him. You know, I, I'm just thinking now, like, what if he gets Scotty together? And they collaborate. That's what I'm gonna say. Like, what's, what's they gonna be like? You know. I have a feeling that he'll have Scotty on as a guest at some point. Yeah. <laughs> he'll have Scotty on because he's had uh, uh, Judge Joe Brown on there. He's yeah. had uh, uh, Eton Thomas. Um, he's had a couple others. I stopped watching after a while. Yeah, I'm, I don't know how much longevity <laughs> either man has, but but like again, the audiences are there for these people. That's why you know, you see them get jobs and stuff, even, you know, on TV and they get opportunities and branding possibilities and stuff like that. You know, Scotty has this liquor he's selling it. So, you know, you utilize that. If you're, if you're a former player, you know, you definitely utilize that stuff, you know, and, and get what you can out of it. You know? But, yeah, we are going to come up, coming up on the uh, end of this this latest run. I appreciate you guys again for joining me here and having some fun and talking some stuff. Uh, we got the, uh, you know, Clippers and Suns uh, just got going out there. It was a game, it's game six, right? In game LA. Six. Yeah. Uh, it's 15 to 13 with 534 left in the first quarter. Yeah. So we, I'm, 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 we've been able to do more, uh, more of our show without running into the games now, which is good, you know, with the, uh, you know, there's, there's less games now, so we haven't been running into them. So I'm going to leave, you know, uh, get ready to wrap this up so we can watch the rest of this this uh, game six. But, uh, you know, what, you know, let's get into that right quick. You know, what do you guys, how do you guys think or expect the rest of this series to play out, you know, uh, I'm sort of leaning more towards the Suns, you know. Drew, I think you said the Clippers. Mm -hmm. I did. I did actually predict the Clippers will win, but I I don't know. It's what, what do you guys think this series this series is going to end up looking like? I'm hoping it ends tonight, so Chris Paul can finally um, get into this finals and and take that off of his you know bucket list. That's what I'm hoping. And he'll he'll likely they'll have the advantage rest wise likely because. You know the East series may be bound for seven games, so yeah, get you, you know get that get this nip this one in the bud, and uh, you be ready to rest that whole weekend. But Josh, do what you think. In CP3, we trust. I I say <laughs> clips. I'm gonna say clips. So four three. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. Right, right out with your pick, man. PG Smith showing up, so. Uh, no, I mean you can't blame that, and you got Ty Luke, so yeah. it, it yeah. very much, very much can swing into you know the Clippers winning. 
But I'm I hoping could, not. I can definitely see that. <laughs> I can definitely see that. But it, you know, it, it's 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 interesting, man, because you know, like I said both series to me seem to be up in the air. But you know, I think, like I said, the the Suns. I just think that they got a little more going for them, and um, you know, I was I was looking at the Bucks Suns as the series that I would sort of ad, ad, no, uh, advocate for more. But uh, if the Hawks, if the Hawks make it happen, man, you know, like, like, yeah, let's let's all let's all see Atlanta uh, make that run and get you know get like I say turn it up and you know get the get the lemon pepper wings in the sky and, and hold them up high, you know. Let's let's it'll be it'll be a run. It'll be that'll definitely be a more uh, memorable run for the ages. Like if if the Hawks make the finals because. And 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 actually win too, like that'll be a crazy run. But uh, last thing I want I want to get into, I want to get to a couple th- more things before we uh, wrap up. Uh, the Sky are on now. They had they were sort of running on Dallas for a while, man. But Dallas has sort of uh, got a uh, got back in the game with them during the fourth quarter in Texas. But uh, you know, you know, Sky uh, had a great run with uh, Candace Parker coming back on. And uh, they've won all but one game with her on the court this year and um, after losing like seven in a row. But uh, they announced the All-Star games, uh, All-Star rosters today, uh, WNBA. They're going to have their uh, Team USA versus the World sort of format. Uh, Sky got three players on the rosters. Uh, Can- I think well, – I guess they're all on the USA roster because Candace Parker – uh, Kalia Copper and uh, was it Vandersloot, right? Yeah, Josh? yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so they'll all be on Team USA. And um, I don't know, Josh, you got any thoughts on on that? Uh, on the sky getting those three in? I mean, it's not surprising. Um, I think Vandersloot was a is a was a former All Star. Been usually been she's been an All Star before. You already sure. know what yeah. Candace Parker brings to the table and and her legacy that's already cemented in the league. But for Kalia Copper to make the jump that she did and be an all-star this year, too, um, that's the storyline within Chicago that needs to be highlighted the most. Um, Because, obviously, her next to a diamond of shields, even prior to the beginning of the season, they they, they was talking about how having those two wing players with Slew, you had a defensive perimeter monster um, between those three. And they was focusing more on the defensive end of things, but Kalia Copper really came along offensively. And to bring all that together, playing alongside of Candace Parker and and a Steve Nash per se and Sloop, I mean, you know, she really took advantage of her opportunities and she's now an all-star, well deserving of it. So um kudos to her, kudos to the Chicago Sky as a whole, um, having multiple all-stars in the in the all-star, you know, festivities. Um not to mention I think you have some of them that are still playing overseas 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 with the Olympics as well. Um, so it's good. It's, it's, it's good to be around the Chicago sky. And I, and not to mention, you're talking about Dallas, Dallas wings has some players as well. I think they have a couple players that are on the all-star rosters as well. Um, so, you know, it's a good, it's a good day to be, you know, a Chicago sky fan. It's a good day to be a Chicago sky, uh, franchise as a whole. And, you know, much props to those ladies, man. They just, they, they worked hard. They deserved it. And they're showcasing, especially since Candace Parker's return from her injury, like Kyle mentioned, they've been rolling. 
And this is what we expected from the Chicago Sky. So it's glad to see all that come to fruition. Yeah, I think yeah. It, it falls right in line with expectations that, you know, fell on them as soon as Candace Parker signed in the offseason. I think probably most of us would have assumed that third player was going to be the Shields, but that it is copper to Josh's point. That's, that's saying even more. Like, man, you got her jumping into the mix and another all-star caliber or all-star worthy player um, on the roster as well. So, it, like I said, it just speaks to where this team is and, and where it can go. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of that coming together, I, I like how they're sort of utilizing the USA versus the world format too in this Olympic year. So, you know, you got that sort of popping off of that. You know, these are the times where they they sort of naturally women's basketball naturally gets a boost anyway, because uh, you know people are going to watch them in, in the Olympic games, and there's going to be more interest in in the game in the sport as a whole on that Olympic level. But we've already been seeing the advances for the professional game, the WNBA here in the states, and you know uh, it. it It'll be good. It'll be good to see that momentum finally sort of live up to the momentum of the Olympic uh, games. And but you know you, you can say you can utilize them hand in hand. That whole uh, you know Team USA and the pride that goes in with that. So you know we definitely uh, gonna be checking that out for the rest of the summer as well as the men's team. And uh, you know just want to mention how that's coming together. Uh, uh, here in Chicago, of course, the, the big storyline is Zach Levine being named to the Olympic team, uh, among others. Uh, you know, what, what do you guys think about how that roster is formulating overall? We got, you know, uh, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal being mentioned among the roster as well. And, um you know, what, what, what do you guys think about that roster overall, how it's coming together? Well, you want to talk about getting buckets? You're going to get a lot of them, <laughs> um, which is what Team USA is normally known for anyway. I am a little worried defensively, though, how that will work out because um, you got a lot of scores, but not a lot of them know how to play defense on the other end like that. So, um, <laughs> so defensively, I don't know how that would work. Um, but I'm not too worried about it because you got Popovich running the show, uh, who is a big, you know, two-way coach. And not to mention as well, even though this, even though there's a lot of all-star talent on this roster, roles are limited. So not a lot of people have been playing tons of minutes, which they can actually dedicate to the specific roles that they're supposed to play, as long as they buy into it. And if they do it defensively, that can really help as well. So I think for, but for what this means for Zach Levine in Chicago as a whole is huge. I mean, you're talking about arguably the the, on, the only Chicago Bulls player since maybe Jimmy Butler to be on this roster. And, you know, what that's like, that's recruiting central. You're playing with the best of the best. best. So Zach Levine better be talking to all them guys, getting all them numbers, getting all, them, all, the, all the conversations, lunches, dinners, you name it. Because, uh, you know. I said this. Is he gonna be more of a fisherman, or is he gonna be the bait? Is he, he gonna be? I'm glad you said that because all, be all, all I want to say, please hear me out. Eric Spolstra, leave Zach Levine alone. 
Leave him alone. <laughs> Leave him alone. Don't try to don't try to pump up Miami and Butler and South Beach and all the wonderful things that happen. Leave that man alone. Well, I mean, Bill Bill's out there. Bill's also a trade candidate for mm-hmm. uh, for Miami. Um, Damian Lillard, I heard, is going to be definitely re- be recruiting out there. If he can't get anybody, you know, make you know, um, you know, uh, he might be out of there. You know what I mean? Everybody's saying, well, where he where he where, where would he might go. But um, if he doesn't want to be there, going to have to trade him and get value for him while they can. Mm-hmm. So well, Miami trying to get him before the deadline. Were they one of the teams? Who? Uh, Bill. They've been trying to get Bill for the last three years. They were hoping that he would not resign that contract either. Mm-hmm. They even offered to take John Wall's contract just so they could get Bill in Washington, and Bill was not interested. Mm. For, of the, from, from what I remember, but I know that they offered, they wanted to get, they even were willing to take John Wall's bad contract at the time to get, um, to get Bill to Miami. That yeah. That is, it's it's gonna be some maneuvering being done. We we've seen in past teams how they've uh, been able to to really make a difference in formulating two teams for the future. I think the uh, the, the, the two thousand eighteen probably most famously helped set up the uh, the, the Miami f- franchise for twenty ten and going you know that big three and uh, you know we we may see the next team that defines the league come out of uh these guys you no know, bunking and 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 balling together down in uh in Tokyo. So you know it's it's gonna be it's gonna be meaningful definitely what happens out there. Who bonds with who, you know, and and, and who who makes the connections, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 one last thing though, uh this is not a, a an American player but I think a, a German player who's going to be uh, making some noise. <laughs> what's, what's up with Schrader, man? Uh, you know, asking for a hundred to hundred twenty mil, man. Like, like Scoop, Scoop posted on on uh, on Twitter about it. He he cited the the German Basketball Federation of uh, with the with the with the mention. I was like, he must be trying to buy the German Basketball Federation or something. If he tried to get all that money, like, what's 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 up with what's up with my man Schrader landed man? He, 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 he can't be he, ain't, he can't be expecting that much money. Chicago, Chicago was an option. New York was an option. Come on, man, don't say you that. Guys, you guys can go ahead and you know sign and trade with the Lakers for Schroeder. You know what I'm saying? Y'all can give Zach. Uh, don't, give, don't put I'll that on Give me Y'all, digits. You give guys, digits. you guys can take. You guys can take him, and you can send uh, Zach Levine back to the uh, to the Lakers. We'll we'll be happy with that. Uh, Lakers, no, I'll, 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 I'll take Scotty Bourbon. I'll be down I'll in the I'll be by myself in my office, yes. taking the bourbon. If I got to deal with that, no. Scotty gonna make a lot of money then, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and you guys have had bad contracts in the past, so you know, you guys, you know. Can that was past management, man. That, if we still had those guys in control, I'd really be scared. But no, you, you know what it is. He, he's smart. You know what it is. They say when you're trying to negotiate, you start very, very high. And the fact that it's not a whole well, that's true. I guess the free agent class is more, more. I don't know. He's one of the best free agents available, basically. So he's starting high. For a place you, you saw how he performed in the playoffs, though, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, we also. That's though. why we like. We want the ball, ball family. Reggie Jackson, Lavar in Chicago. Like that's we already made that known. The Bulls have made that known. We want to see Lavar square against Michael Jordan and Scotty in Chicago. Like that's what, that's what we want to see. But listen, but listen, you got to think about it this way. Reggie Jackson, I can see. You know that might be a little stress for him too. But at least he's he's played to that to that. So you can't argue it, right? Schroeder has not played to one hundred and twenty million dollars over four or five years. Okay, not at all. He played more like 40 million a year. I mean 40, 40, 40 million over two years. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. That's what that's what we pay him yeah. contracts. He's got to reach this, and that's 40 million. You know what I'm saying? And it, it might not be it's guaranteed, but you're you need incentives. I would heavily lace that with incentives. Whoever yeah. is in that type of money. Man, definitely. Definitely. It's, I, I, like I said, I don't know. I'll still take the bourbon. Talk about a poison pill contract. We give give them a percentage of the digits bourbon. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but you know, let you know Lakers fans. You know, uh, you know Chicago and or New York getting finessed. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's tradition. Yeah. New York because New York doesn't have anybody to trade that LA wants. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So. And that's no more. And, and that's 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 was again because of everything getting pushed back. This is the last night of, of of June. We usually would have would be looking at midnight tonight for the finessing the start with the free agency, but now we got to wait another month. So uh, you know we we got some more time to run to run that up and and see how the storylines are going to unfold. But uh, yeah. In the meantime, though, no, we're gonna leave it at this, uh, fellas. Once again, I appreciate you guys. Really enjoyed talking with you, uh, Landon. Man, uh, again, let the people know how to follow you, and uh, you know if you got anything down the pike, anything coming up, you know, let let the people know how to keep up with you. Um, I got an interview with a former bull in a couple weeks, Jamal Crawford. Um. Oh. Um, I'm, I don't know. What, I don't know what we're gonna talk about yet, but um, I will definitely um, you know, come up with something by the time you know that's, um, you know that comes around. Um, they they can find me uh everywhere at, at Landon Buford, and then if you want to see my writing, you can get uh you can catch me at at LandonBuford dot com. Definitely, definitely. Josh, Drew, uh, same with you guys. Y'all know what it is. Follow me on the Twitter and the IG, Josh M. Hicks Media. And, you know, I'm trying to slowly get back in the swing of things. So hopefully I'll get some more content out there. You know, grad school's been kicking my butt. So <laughs> now that's all over, you know, I should be able to get back to the swing of things with more content. So be on the lookout for that. That'd be nice to see. That'd be nice to see. <laughs> Drew, you uh, steady. You pumping stuff out, man. CSC, got the Bulls blogger, you know, uh, let, let, let the people know about you. Yeah, man, just, you know, you can follow me and look what Drew did on IG and, and Twitter. Uh, like Kyle just said, on the War Media Substack, every Monday with the Chicago Sports Exchange, kind of looking at things that's going on around our landscape with, in baseball and Chicago Sky, a little bit of unsavory Blackhawks news, although they got a huge bright spot today with Jonathan Taves. But, um, you know, I'm Y'all say Duck and Keith, man. Oh, I ain't, what happened? I ain't hear that. This rumor, this rumor, y'all trying to try, y'all trying to trade Keith. Oh, see, I am okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, <laughs> no they got to rotate some to get some new, get some younger talent in yeah. there. So they, 
they they don't want to act like they they rebuilding, but they that's what they that's the mind state they need to be in. Yeah, I just heard they're looking for looking to, to get an elite defenseman this year, but I guess that ties into what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but it it'll be it's a lot going on in Chicago right now, man. So we gonna keep trying to keep up with uh, everything that's going on and service uh, all y'all listeners and readers uh, the best way we can. Uh, appreciate uh, again, uh, Landon, for stopping back with us, man. We'll definitely try to get you back on soon, man. And um, we, we'll leave you alone for the time being now. We, we definitely want to see how that the Jay Crawford uh, interview goes. So uh, definitely follow our guy. He's definitely fam and uh, support everything that he's doing. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, looking at, I guess we'll be looking at the finals and uh, uh, see how, uh, how that, how these conference finals shaped up and how uh, what matchup is left for us to decide the champion for 2021 and uh, whatever else comes along, whatever uh, former player wants to get drunk and act a fool, we'll be there for that too. And uh, in the meantime, enjoy uh, the rest of these playoffs. Enjoy your digits. Uh, if it gets you, if it gets you a hand on some of those, you know, leave a comment with us. Let us know what you think, man. If you, if you uh, leave a comment on YouTube or something, man, or, or, you know, holler us on social media. Let us know if you drink some digits. Let us know, is it smooth? Or is it, uh, <laughs> if it just gets you to thinking and cussing <laughs> out of uh, somebody that you <laughs> got a beef with, you know? <laughs> In the meantime, this is your man, Kyle Bees. I'm out. Keep bouncing, y'all. <laughs>